Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan finishes the two-part series, That's Weird, Strange Stories from the Bible. This week, the sermon is titled, A Talking Donkey. Scripture comes from Numbers 22, 21 through 31, read by Bobby Swift. Numbers 22, 21 through 31. So Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the officials of Moab. God's anger was kindled because he was going, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the road and his adversary, as his adversary. Now he was riding on the donkey, and his two servants were with him. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. So the donkey turned off the road and went into the field, and Baham struck the donkey to turn him back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on either side. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it scraped against the wall and scraped Balaam's foot against the wall, so he struck it again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he struck the donkey with his staff. When the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and it said to Balaam, what would I have done to you that you have struck me with these but you struck me these three times? Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a fool of me, I wish I I wish I had a sword in my hand. I would kill you right now. But the donkey said to Balaam, I am not your donkey, which you have ridden all your life to this day. Have I been in the habit of treating you this way? And he said, No. When the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed down, falling on his face. We have a sermon part one right now, all right? And uh, it's about the talking donkey. You heard the scripture. How many of you have never heard this story before from scripture? And this was new to you today. Good. All right. Yeah, it's kind of a, a weird one where the donkey talks back at him. Uh, and in all transparency, I didn't prepare a sermon today. This is all improvised, this part of the surprise. That's why I needed this. And thank you. You surprised me with this, actually. Uh, people were like, didn't you think to get a bigger board? I was like, I didn't know how many of you would actually write something and bring it up. So uh, thank you very much for doing that. But our scripture today is from Numbers. And to give a little bit of context around the scripture, uh, Balaam is this prophet that the uh, King Balak has asked to curse Israel because King Balak is the king of Moab, which is right up against Israel. This is towards the end of their 40 days in the desert, but he has seen what Israel has done to all the other uh, um, countries around it, so he was afraid of Israel. And so he wanted a prophet to curse Israel so he could stay in power, right? So he went to Balaam with this, and Balaam uh, 
heard God's call on his life to not curse Israel. And so he, he, he was faithful to God in that. But then when they came back to him once again to ask him to do it, there was this little, this little kind of push the door a little bit open. And he was like, well, actually, if you come back tomorrow, maybe God will say different. Have any of us ever done that where we kind of give on our, uh, we have to be stern about something, but we kind of give in on it. We're like, no, ask me later. Maybe I'll feel better later to say yes. And it was mostly financial, right? He was going to get paid by the king. So he started looking at that money and he was like, maybe I should, maybe I should curse Israel. So in the scripture today, that's him on his way to the king uh, to essentially say, yes, I'll curse Israel. And this is what God did, was sending an angel that only the donkey would see. And uh, Balaam got frustrated with the donkey. I think all of us have gotten frustrated with animals before, whether it's pets or if we've lived on a farm, because uh, we don't communicate, right? But then the donkey opened its mouth and communicated with him. But the funny thing about the scripture is, he didn't really react to it. He just responded to the donkey, right? How many of us would actually have the wherewithal to do that if your dog started talking to you? I think we'd all be a little shocked at first and we wouldn't even respond and be like, what are, what's going on? But he responds and then, it's, then the angel appears and he sees what the donkey has been trying to avoid the whole time. So there's this surprise within his uh, self, selfish endeavor uh, to go and curse Israel for his own gain. And we often do that a lot where we have expectations of our own, right? That we're going to go do this, but then something happens on the way. Have you ever been on your way to something and something happens to your car, right? Yep. Or you're on your way to something and your kid just throws up on your way out, right? Things like that where it just changes the whole what you're going to do next, and God tends to do that to us because, uh, and it's, I know it's kind of corny, uh, but that, phrase, that saying that people say a lot of, um, we can make plans, but God has other plans for us. Um, we can plan all we want. I think about the back on this last year at New Hope 2, there's a lot of surprises we've had. There's a lot of surprises within, uh, not even that, just COVID, Russ retiring, this whole transition, now we have a new pastor, we're awaiting their arrival on November 1st. There's a lot of things that have changed in the last year, a lot of things to be surprised about, things we grieve about, and um, you guys wrote a lot of different, uh, a lot of different times God has surprised you. I'm happy to see that. Were you wanting yours? Is, somebody said theirs is on the back? We'll get to that at the second one. All right. So let's look at some of the surprises you have had in your life from God. Uh, God surprised me with the strength to heal a neighbor's fright. When our pipes started leaking and we had to completely remodel our basement, that's a surprise. Not a good one, but it's a surprise nonetheless, right? When I was blessed by my son, Lyle. Uh, when I needed redirecting when I got a divorce. God surprised me when he told me uh, to call my family. So maybe some reconciliation there. 
A lot of this stuff, uh, as, we, as we read these different surprises, uh, comes out of the fact that we had different ideas of how life was going or how it should go. And then God intervened and did something different. I wonder what we can do in our own lives to cultivate that a little bit more, to be more flexible when there's surprises in front of us. I'm a person that likes to say I'm all good with change until it happens. <laughs> and it's not even a conscious thing for me, but it's like, it's a feeling. It's like, oh, this just feels weird, and I, I feel out of my element. And then I get cranky, and uh, then I get defiant. And uh, change, nobody likes change. Sometimes change is needed. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not good. And so we resist a lot. We resist it. And I think as a congregation who's embarking on a new journey with a new pastor, Russ being here for 26 years, that's a long time. Not many churches get that, right? Not many churches get 26 years with one pastor. That we're moving into a time where we do have to be a little more flexible because God is going to surprise us in different ways. Uh, when we go on mission trips with our kids and adults in the youth group, one of the things we try to hammer home in our meetings leading up to it, and really it's not as much for the kids, it's more for the adults going on the trip, but it's this whole idea of like, go with the flow, right? Go with the flow, because there's going to be things on this trip that, that delay us, there's going to be times we wait at a working uh, a place where we're working, waiting for tools or something like that, so we're not doing a whole lot, and so it's always like, go with the flow, be surprised by God. And that's harder for the adults because we have our routines and the things we're used to and we just want to get things done, right? It's easier for kids because their whole life is kind of laid out for them. They don't have to plan on where to be next because the adults will bring them there, right? So they have a little bit easier time going with the flow. But we have a hard time. And we have a hard time especially if we have our minds set on something of who, uh, where we think we're going, where we want to go and where we think God wants us, even though it may be wrong. So we have to be flexible to God's, flexible to God's surprises in our lives, just like all of you put up here. And so as we enter into a time, the choir is going to be singing a piece here in a second. Uh, we're going to Practice our hearts and minds to be more flexible to what God is doing in front of us. Part of the reason why we want to do a kind of improvisational type service or moving things around is because then we have to really trust that things aren't the way we're expecting them to be and that we have to be open to the Spirit of God and what God is doing today. We're talking about how we don't like surprises, but some of us really don't like surprises, right? Some of us, and you probably know who you are, uh, are ones that you try and figure out the surprise, like you try and figure out what your birthday present is before the actual day, or you're poking at your spouse and you're like, is it this or that? Because we don't like the surprise. We want to know things, and part of that is wanting to control, right? It feels like we have some sense of control when we do that, when in reality, that's just a mirage, if we think about our lives and the many ways that God has moved us in our life, we didn't have a whole lot of control in the first place. I wonder how many of these uh, works within that. 
that you're surprised because you thought you had control, but then God intervened and it showed you that, no, actually I don't have a whole lot of control. I could do what I can do in my own life, but I can't control others and how people respond. I see one of them is uh, meeting my wife and a best friend on a blind date. That's a surprise. That's, that's one thing you're open to, right? It's one thing to be open to that. There is, uh, actually I need to flip this over so the people on the back get a fair shake too. Forgot about that. All right. When I fell and somebody helped me up, when I see and stand in the awe of the natural world around us, I had a flat tire on the highway and a good Samaritan stopped to change my tire. Before I got hit, before I got his name or was able to thank him properly, he left. So one of those angels. You can always fill up your tires and feel like you have control before you go on a trip, right? But that doesn't mean it's not going to go flat. A lot of ways we try to have control, and it, God intervenes. I think about that with the church in general, the larger church, capital C Church. We, we like to have control. We like to think, why aren't people coming to church? We try to uh, do different things to bring more people in because it feels like we're losing something. We're losing control and influence. But when God is just asking us to be faithful, we can let go of control. When God is asking us to just be faithful presence within our community, within our church, within our families, it's freeing to think that you don't have to be in control. That you could do what you could do to love others, care for others, and the rest is up to God. That doesn't mean we don't have responsibility or that we just say, well, I'm not going to do anything. It's just all up to God. That's not good either. We have a part in it. But to be open to what God is doing in front of us. I think the most important thing is to be surprised by uh, truth. And surprised by truth in a way of like the ways we, we get our minds set on something that we think is the way, the right way, the truth. And then God changes that up for us. If you think about the Israelites throughout their time in the wilderness, how many times God surprised them. How many times they tried to take control? Let me think back to the story of the golden calf. Moses was up on the mountain way too long. Don't want to wait for him. We're going to take matters into our own hands. And then that didn't work out really, did it? Because they were called to be faithful within that time. They didn't have to control anything. They didn't have to move anything. But they were, they were called to be faithful. But they didn't even want to do that. Instead, building a golden calf and worshiping that, thinking that would help them because God doesn't really care about us. Moses has been up there too long. In seminary, there was a, something one of my advisors told me that has really stuck with me throughout ministry, uh, especially in this time and place where we talk about what is the church going to look like? COVID has changed a lot of things for churches. What is the church going to look like to be relevant and connect with its community more? A lot of unanswered questions, right? I was working at a church, a Christian Reformed church while I was in seminary, and it was a church that had a kind of come-to-Jesus moment in the years prior to my arrival. 
they had uh, fired their pastor and they had an interim and the interim was working on them with the question of either do you want to grow as a church? That means changing and doing things differently. Or you accept the fact that you are who you are and that's okay, but know that that may diminish over time. That eventually the church may close its doors. They had chosen, of course, like any church, we want to grow. We want to change. But in actions, it wasn't happening, right? It wasn't happening at all. I remember telling my advisor that and being frustrated with it, and she said there cannot, there cannot be resurrection without death, right? That stuck with me all throughout ministry with anything. In order for things to thrive and live again, there has to be a death to something. The Bible talks a lot about how we have to die to ourself, put on the armor of Christ, the, the, the image, the character of Christ, and that's something we have to do each and every day. It's not like a one decision thing, right? Each and every day we have to say, I'm going to put myself aside today. I'm going to put my ego aside. I'm going to die to myself and be open to what God is doing in front of me. And some days we say, no, I don't have it in me. I can't, can't do that today. And that's okay too. But without death, there can't be resurrection. As I could see in a lot of these different surprises you've put up here for me, I think in some ways, whether there's a, if there's a surprise, that means there's probably a change, and change means loss. So you're losing something, something's dying, and going away and replaced with something new. This is a common theme throughout scripture. It's a common theme in our world. We think about the seasons come and go, right? We're in fall, and the plants and trees are going to start to, I don't know if they, they don't technically die, but they go dormant, right? The leaves fall, we go through winter, then they come back to life in the spring. This constant dying and resurrection theme even in nature. And we do that in our own lives. Maybe some of us have struggled with addiction in our past, and we've gotten help. We've gone to the meetings. We, now we are new. We are a new creation. We've put to death the old you. It's always there, a temptation, but we've had to be resurrected in a different way. So the story about the talking donkey, we could sit here and we can debate whether the donkey actually talked or not, if it was in Balaam's head or not. Doesn't matter. The point was, God was surprising Balaam especially when he was so hard-headed and not seeing what God was doing in front of him. So I think for you in your own lives today, the lesson we're, we're learning together, and for our church as a whole, how can we be more open to seeing God surprising us? To see where God is moving a new hope in our community, how we can be a part of that, and maybe that's going to require putting to death some old ways for something new to be born. It'd be really cool to have a talking donkey, though. <laughs> Do any of you remember, a, kind of a sidebar here, uh, 
I was talking to the Hodges the other day, and it was, I was talking about this. As a kid, I watched this. Uh, I think some of them were in color, some of them were black and white, but it was a talking donkey. And I finally, it bugged me. I couldn't remember what it was. I thought Don Knotts was in it, but that wasn't it. That was something else. Uh, but Francis, have any of you heard of Francis the talking mule? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and Francis the talking mule went on a lot of different uh, adventures. Um, watched those as a kid, and I remember thinking, how do they make the, donk the donkey talk? And my parents said, well, they put peanut butter under their lips, right? So then they're just kind of moving their mouth. Francis the talking mule. I wonder if that, the inspiration was the scripture for that. <laughs> Probably not. See, I surprised you today with my knowledge of a very, very, very older piece of entertainment. I, but I'm constantly surprised by what I don't know as well. And that's what, makes us, that's what makes us strong as a community, that some of us don't know things, that we're surprised by our lack of knowledge, but some of us have the knowledge. We support each other through that. So as a church, as we move forward, we are going to be a church that is flexible to see what God is doing in our midst, even if we can't totally see it, to be faithful, not trying to control everything going on, but to be faithful to the call of God to love our neighbor as ourselves. Because when we do that, we love God. May that be the lesson for you today. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.